You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about some SEC football because SEC finally came out and said what they're doing. Jared, how are you feeling now that you've gotten the at least green light so far? You know, everything's fluid. It's just the way things are. Kind, with of, a, kind of a yellow but light, maybe. <laughs> we got we got it. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, uh, War Eagle, everybody. I, I'm good, AJ. Uh, I feel, you know, good about the ruling that came out. Uh, I joked about it being a yellow light because you, you don't know what's about to, <laughs> what, what's about to happen. But yeah, true. Uh, we're definitely still moving forward, so I'm excited about it. How about you? I'm good. I I think it's you could see it coming with um, at that point when the SEC announced three other conferences: Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC, more or less saying the same thing. Conference only. ACC saying, "Hey, we'll have one non-conference game, but it's got to be in state of wherever that university is." And sorry. We already knew from that point, you know, that UNC game that's here in Atlanta was going to be canceled for Auburn. Um, but then I was like, all right, you know, that would be pretty cool to have, obviously, an eight-game eight, se- eight season. But this is the year to kind of see what it's like to have a 10-game conference-only schedule um, or just 10 games just conference. Uh, and that's something I hadn't necessarily wanted, but now that it's happening – I think it's okay. Like, do you, do you think it'll help the SEC to have a couple extra games? Because eight is relatively low compared to other conferences for conference games. Um, I don't know about help. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be more difficult, I think, because let's be honest, a lot, you know, twelve game season. Some of those wins come as automatics, pretty much, and mm-hmm. the non conference games. You're not going to have automatic wins, really. I mean, some could argue the the lesser SEC teams are, but on any given day. So it's going to be interesting. I, I literally just thought about this while you were talking. If we could have made it happen, it would have been a good time to go ahead and get a rotation going for the nine-game conference and hmm. then have a, and then having a, a, a one out of conference and just let that rotation continue into next year and just start the nine-game because I think that's pretty much what other conferences do now. Yeah. Um, so – the, that would have been a good time to get that uh, the base of that started. But I realize while they're not, they need everything under one umbrella so they can all make one ruling. So that's why they said conference only. Um, yeah. So I, I get it, it. Yeah. And and I think my first reaction, and we've discussed this on the podcast, and when I heard about conference only, I was thinking, so a team like, uh, let's give an example of Georgia, now can't play Georgia Tech. And I was thinking they're, you know, 100 miles away or whatever they are it's not far nope. what does that matter like but yet george is going to 
I don't understand. Like maybe Missouri or something this year. I don't know. Some somewhere far, I'm sure. And yet they're still going to be playing them. I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. But then the SEC's uh, reasoning behind that made a, a little bit more clear as to why other conferences are likely going to conference only. And it has to do with uh, the scheduling flexibility. Um, because inside a conference, you can have a little bit more flexibility and say, hey, you know, Vandy had some some players that just tested positive. They're pulling out of this game. Hey, Auburn, you got a bye week. Do you, do you want to come play them? You know, something like that. And, you know, have some flexibility that something like, I don't know, something along I, those lines. I think the the one umbrella of leadership is the reason. I, I agree with you. I don't think it was, you know, travel issues or anything like that. I mean, let's be honest, if you drive, I mean, if you got to go to Arkansas or A&M, I mean, that's a plane. So, I mean, you know, and that's SEC, but you got to get on a plane. So I think it's strictly from what you're saying, stuff like that, where, all right, listen, we have one leader. And so, and they've all agreed whatever the leader says is going to go. Whereas if you bring in North Carolina and the ACC and the SEC are trying to say, hey, are we going to play this game this weekend or not? And the SEC says, yeah, ACC says no, then you're left with no game. Mm-hmm. So with SEC, you can, they've all probably at least majority ruled and said, here's how we're going to handle situations. And you can go with that. Whereas it's hard to get multiple conferences. And I think we, since the last time we talked, there was talk of, Big 12, ACC, and SEC trying to create some kind of quick little group, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think they had enough time to really get that, you know, to come to fruition. Yeah, and even you could see the ACC with how they said, you know, one non-conference schedule. They were kind of hinting at that, but didn't fully commit to something that, uh, say, an SEC team plays an ACC team, and then that gets you up to 11 games or something along those lines. Um Let's go through the schedule for Auburn real quick. Um, it's still more or less up in the air, but you still have those eight conference games. So at Ole Miss, for home, we got Kentucky, and then we're going to be playing at Georgia. Um, at home for uh, Texas A&M, away from Mississippi State, Arkansas, we're playing in Auburn, LSU, we're playing them in Auburn, and then finishing it out with Bama, um, at Bama. So – not the hardest, but also not the easiest schedule. Um, and then the last two games to get us up to those 10 conference games, I, from the way the SEC's put it, they're still trying to figure out how they're going to do that. Um, one of the one of the ways that I've heard is essentially just getting your, your next two cross-divisional conference games um, and playing those. So whoever's on the next, you know, 2021 schedule – you're going to play them, say, you know, Auburn's in the West, and we play an East team, whoever that next person is, or next team is, and uh, do it that way. Um, and one of the things, uh, this may or may not be true at all, but it kind of seemed this way, was that Bama wasn't very happy with that, and they were like, uh, we don't like that, because we're about go to play bigger. at Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't blame them, honestly. I uh- no, I don't either. But and I let's you know if if Nick Saban says that's not fair, it's going to be changed. So, mm-hmm. mm. so true, <laughs> so true. Um, and, and there were definitely some rule changes that happened because Saban said that was unfair. Uh-huh. And we might get to that at the end. We'll see. Um, and then the other one that I've heard of figuring out those last two conference games for the SEC 
is looking at the strength of schedule. And I don't know if this is 100% true, but my understanding of this would be, say, let's give an example of Auburn. Auburn's, let's say, just give them a, a strength of schedule of third hardest in the SEC. And to kind of even things out, you give them a couple of easier teams. You give them the Vandy and the Kentucky. And you say, hey, these are your next two. Kind of even out the schedule a little bit. Um, something along those lines. Um but then you got, I don't know, that's a lot of, then you might mess up the rotations of those teams. So I don't know how you do that. I think the fairest thing is to go to your next two opponents, because here's the reality. Um, you know, take your strength of schedule. You could miss the mark on that because Texas A&M has been average the past few years, but they're loaded with talent. So mm-hmm. if you're going strictly on, all right, I, I, we're all we're doing is projecting at that point. Hey, Texas A&M, let's say they say, oh, we project them to be a decent team. Well, what if Texas A&M runs the table in the SEC? I mean, yeah. that makes our schedule a lot more complicated than it looked at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, so I think there's just more room for getting it wrong that way. Now, you if you go to your next few opponents, yeah, that might lead to Alabama having to go Florida, but nobody made that call. Like that was already in motion. Exactly. We, it's just unfortunate, and it was just the next two opponents that came up. So that just takes away any type of question of anybody being able to pull strings yeah. or missing the mark on we didn't really expect that team to be good. They were, and now you're stuck with a grueling schedule. Yeah, and I think that's the most fair thing to go off of what Saban always says. It's unfair, but I was like, no, mm-hmm. it's kind of fair in that – it's just whatever is your you essentially draw which one. All right, so you know you because you already had it on your schedule. Sorry, you got Florida up next at Florida. Sorry, like that's the way it is. Um, so I mean that's 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 my take on it. I would prefer that, but if they go with the strings of schedule, I'm gonna be very skeptical. Let's say very skeptical. Yeah. If Bama draws Missouri and Vandy. Yes. Or something like that. <laughs> I think it just I think it just takes all the skeptics uh, concerns out of it if you just go within it. Because listen, if Bama's next two opponents were Missouri and Vanderbilt, you can't get mad about that. Hey, it was the next two opponents that didn't get changed. Um, but you're you're right. If their next two opponents became no offense, if there's Missouri fans or Vandy, sorry. But if your next two opponents became Missouri or Vandy, and it was based off strength, strength of schedule, then yeah, people are going to have arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. And we're talking about people's jobs. I mean, like, this is not, Mm -hmm. oh, just live with it. No, I mean, we're talking people's jobs. There will be coaches that will be fired, you know, because they lose three games instead of two. Yeah. Um, And And, they would have lost that third. That's going to be, I mean, this is something else with coaches and their expectations with this season that you just kind of alluded to. Uh, Say a coach wins six games out of their 10 in the SEC, but yet their quarterback had coronavirus for three of those. Do you, uh, I don't know, like, what do you do in that situation? Like, <laughs> that's going to be such a very interesting thing to see how, how does, how do coaches kind of get treated over this next year? What do you think? Do you want what a logical person should do or what a, a SEC fan is going to think? <laughs> Those are two different spectrums. Oh, uh, man. Logical... Uh, let's go SEC because we're, we're on an SEC, Auburn podcast let's do this sec get him out of here i mean they don't care (laughs) i mean let's be honest if if i mean if gus malzahn drew florida georgia 
Alabama, LSU, if they drew everybody, if they added Clemson in and we drew them as well, and we went nine and three, we're not going to have that many games. Let's say we went yeah. eight and two. Um, they'd want him out of here. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, the reality is if Bo Nix misses games and, you know, we lose, you know, four games, they want him gone. Yeah. That's going to um, be – so you're saying essentially the the standards are going to be about the same. It's just less games, more compressed, and probably more pressure, honestly, on those games. I, I Unfortunately, yes, I think the, I think the standards are still going to be the same because – I just think that's how we think as fans, and I'm not knocking anybody listening. I'm just I'm right there with y'all, um, but that's how we are as fans. We don't think rational. Uh, <laughs> it's short for fanatic. we're not winning, and our team looks like crap at points in the game. Get them out, like that. I, we've thought that every one of us. 100. <laughs> percent The only thing that could bring us back to reality is things got real severe with some players, and we do not want that to happen. So let us keep being in a fanatic state because that means everything's okay. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to lose sight of what's really going on when, when you're looking at your record and your other rivals are winning and you're losing. Yeah. You're not going to care that, unfortunately, I don't think that the average person is going to care what season we're in. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of, you've talked a little bit about it, but like the coaches, uh, they're going to have the expectations of the fans, but how do you, how do you think, I mean, I guess obviously the fans usually dictate a lot of times especially in the age of social media, whether a coach should be fired or not. Um, and they can get to the athletic director who can influence what happens in that situation a lot. And But what do you think the athletic directors, because at this point, everything's up in the air, every sport's up in the air. And, and say, you know, hypothetically, we get through those 10 games and we do well and we win the SEC championship. Do you think that at that point it's going to feel as good as winning SEC championship going to the playoffs. Is it going to feel as good as a regular season or even better? Maybe. Um, That's a loaded question and a great question. I think that if you are playing opponents at full strength, let's say, um, you know, Alabama's quarterback, I forgot his name. Let's Matt Jones. Is it Matt Jones? Mac, 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 yeah, Mac, Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say Mac Jones is playing. when We play him. Whoever Georgia has been rolling with is playing when we play them. LSU's at full strength. If you beat those teams and it wasn't because half their team was out with COVID, mm-hmm. I think it could be from an SEC standpoint, you could you could poke your chest out a little more. Hey, you know, we play 10 SEC games. From a national standpoint, it's going to be a little weird. You're not playing 12 games um, and you're only playing in your conference. So was your conference down that year? There's no real gauge on any of that. Yeah. Um, but from a from an SEC standpoint, it's still going to be weird and feel weird, but I think nobody can question you. There's no asterisk beside the SEC side of it. You played more SEC games than ever before. Um, so I do think that that piece of it, as long as you're playing teams at full strength, um, would would be something you could kind of poke your chest out. Hey, we won and we played more. What yeah. are your thoughts? I mean, when I'm thinking about it, you know, we think of the SEC schedule conference games wise as being some of the toughest. Non-conference, obviously, each team tends to have at least two cupcakes thrown in there. And then maybe a third cupcake. Um, And then you have typically one good rivalry. Or not a rivalry, but like a Auburn playing Clemson in the early 2010s. Um, You know, that kind of thing. Where you've got a good non-conference team like Clemson Mm -hmm. that you're, you're facing. So it adds some credibility to you. 
but when you're facing 10 SEC teams, I think that adds to your strength schedule. Or at least, in, I mean, I'm an SEC biased guy. I want to think the SEC's loaded. We have the best teams in the nation. And that's, that's the way I think. Um, but, I mean, I want to see it. I, I want to see it, obviously, in action, how this is going to happen. But I do think if even if we win like eight or nine games, I consider that a successful season out of 10, for sure. If we win even seven, it was a good season. If we win six, I'm questioning things, and Gus may or may not be here because that may not – I feel like that's probably just not going to be acceptable. Um, So that's the weird thing that's going to happen this year is we're going to have the different thresholds. Like, you know, a couple years ago it was like, hey, he's got to win like nine games. Oh, okay, this last year he's got to win this number of games. This year is going to be weird. And it's going to be also dependent on how other teams, if they, they come at us 100% with their best guys. Um, so, I don't know. That, that's kind well, of my com- roundabout Conference games saying. are always difficult for multiple reasons. I mean, your mindset's different. You know, it means more. And really, the teams have just seen you more. I mean, you you know, you can play an average team. And if they know what Gus does, you know, it's like, no offense, but a few years, Tennessee's a great program and, and actually has a greater history probably than us. But from a recent standpoint, Tennessee two years ago shouldn't have beaten us. But uh, Pruitt just, he was calling plays that Gus was going to run before they were running them. So yep. that's why they beat us. They were not better than us uh, from a star recruiting player on the field level. So that, that always plays into account. Um, I mean, now we have, you know, Chad running the offense, so that's going to be a different aspect. But um, I just think that you mentioned something. I wonder if the fans' levels are going to change. So typically, most fans that I talk to, and you could correct me, they say, "Hey, a ten-win season is a good season." I mean, obviously, yeah, we want to play. We went ten games. That's great. Okay, well, that's because we play twelve. So are we going to say now, "Hey, if Gus wins eight games, that's a good season"? Because we're only playing ten. So yeah. like, is ten <laughs> ten can't still be the mark? We're not going to go undefeated through that schedule. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I don't think most teams if we if the sec makes it out with one team that is undefeated let them go straight to the sec championship (laughs) if there is one which it sounds like there will be and then go into uh the playoffs like they i feel like they get a get out of jail free card and even if they lose the sec playoffs like dude you just made it through 10 solid sec games and you beat every team (laughs) yeah i mean and listen now that Bama plays Georgia unless Saban's able to get that taken away. It's going to be even harder. <laughs> First game to of the season, guys. Yeah, First and, game. <laughs> and with Florida, you know, their resurgence, it's going to – I mean, really the only – to me, the most obvious choice the past few years to go undefeated was Georgia because, sorry, Auburn people, hurts me to say this, but they've had our number for a while and they play e- mm-hmm. easier conference or division on the East. So it's been, all right, Georgia may go undefeated. Well, with them playing Florida and Alabama, that's probably not happening. Um, and so then you look at, okay, well, can Alabama do it? Well, Alabama's got to play Auburn, LSU, and Georgia. So I don't see, and LSU's just having to regroup. I mean, they lost half their team to the NFL. Um, you know, so I don't think, I don't think there is going to be a team that goes undefeated. I think you're right. I think if somebody does that, just roll out the red carpet for them. (laughs) For sure. I mean, I'd do it. I'd be like, hands down, you're the best team in the SEC. Um, unless you just somehow squeaked out the easiest schedule of all time, which it doesn't sound like <laughs> a 10 game SEC schedule, even in the East is not going to be easy. Uh, 
No, and Tennessee's playing better. I mean, I don't mean to leave them out mm-hmm. either. They they are playing much better. They played well towards the end of last year. So, you know, Georgia kind of had, I mean, this will probably be the year they do it. Now that I say it, Georgia kind of had their window there to get that championship because uh, Florida was down, Tennessee was down. Mm-hmm. Now Florida is almost fully back, and Tennessee yep. is on the uptick. So um, a lot more competition going on over there. Um so it's it's going to be hard to run through the SEC undefeated. It always is, but um, I just don't know that there's a team that's head and shoulders ahead. Uh, if Tua had come back, you would say, all right, Alabama may could do it. But mm-hmm. and nothing against Mac Jones, but I just don't. You know, I wouldn't say guaranteed. Yeah, I mean he's he seemed to obviously prove himself in the Iron Bowl, kept up with Auburn, and maybe even gave them a pretty decent shot at winning. Just <laughs> hey. Auburn and Gus Malzahn smarter than saving. So, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it this time. Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, Auburn family. We're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are. And we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While TeePublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. One thing that I I was just thinking about with now that we've kind of got this, all right, we got our schedule for the most part. We still need to figure out the last two games of it, but I'm thinking about the fans and and how they're going to, um, I don't know, even come to a game Um, because it sounds like I saw Ohio State made their announcement that they're going to allow 20% uh, capacity um, and every fan has to wear a mask um, to come into a football game. No tailgating at all. Um, I feel like maybe 20% is a little low, um, but that's just me personally. It could be a little higher for other schools, but that's going to be real interesting because if you go to an Ohio state game where, you know, normally about a hundred thousand fans and, you only got 20,000 in there and maybe, you know, 500 of them are opposing fans. It's not that intimidating. Um, what, do you think there's going to be even a home field advantage at all this year? No, I don't think so. Uh, not from a fan standpoint, not the typical reason home field matters. You know, I've never been blessed to be in a situation for a routine to matter for sports reasons for me but I do know some of these some of these guys have routines of all right when I'm at home here's what I do I eat here I do this and that and that helps getting to the stadium whereas on the road you kind of are more controlled by the team of what you do so that might matter a little bit but that's probably just the first quarter if at all Um, the crowd noise no it's not going to matter there's not going to be any crowd noise hardly and to be honest with you 
Um, we probably disagree on that. I wouldn't be surprised if the final ruling is no fans. Hmm. Um, personally, I think the MLB is a, is a basically a science experiment for all of us. <laughs> um, and it's kind of scary right now because they're having to keep canceling teams and are they going to have enough time to play the games? Or are they going to have to do away with the whole season? So I'm keeping a close eye on major league baseball to see how other sports are going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, I hope they have fans. I will tell you this from a viewer on sitting in, on the couch I forget there's no fans at baseball because they have that crowd noise pumped in. Mm, um, yeah. So I forget that from time to time. But if you're there at the game, it's got to be affecting the players. Yeah, you get, you got to think so. When you see the cardboard cutouts or with the NBA, you got the virtual fans Skyping in, essentially. Um, it's not the same. You, you, you got to – if I'm a player and I've been playing uh, you know, pretty much from anything from high school where you've got fans – to definitely in college you got fans and then minor league and then on up i mean i'm just thinking and same thing with football you peewee league you got people watching you and to not have them at the college level is gonna be weird like the the feeling of a fan or you know of the fans not being there is is gonna affect them um and may they may get over it pretty quickly they may uh you know kind of treat it as like a glorified scrimmage where you don't have many fans there at all, um, just the staff. But man, like I, I honestly, I do hope that there are fans. But I, I see kind of what you're talking about with the MLB, kind of testing out how do we do this season thing, and they don't have any fans. Um, and just to think, we're less than two months away from the SEC starting up. At least the plan is, and they, they may not have fans. And that, that'll be weird either way. Well, it will be, and I wonder, too, if they don't – let's say they don't allow fans, or even if they do, do they change the rules of, like, you know, because you're not supposed to have any kind of noise going when, I guess, they get under center. Hmm. Will they allow crowd noise, you know, to continue? And if so, can they amp that up when the team's on defense? Like, will they allow them to manipulate home field advantage? Um, hmm which would be very weird. What they should do is say, hey, we'll take your average decibel for your home games from last year. Yeah. And then Vandy and them are like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, for real. Wait a you minute. Go to Death Valley or something and at night. Holy crap, this, this is going to be loud. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to let whatever your average noise level is, you can pump that in on defense. And the schools that don't have fans really come, that's not going to help them. So I don't know, man. I really don't. I don't know any more than you do. I'm yeah. just, and I'm not trying to be negative. Listen, I really, I want this to happen. Um, I think it can happen, but the way we are reacting right now to COVID and, and, you know, I think it's fair, but the way we're reacting is when, when, it, when someone gets a case or something, I don't think we can have fans. I think you, cause I mean, can you imagine if, if it comes out, all right, uh, 3,000 fans and went to an Auburn game, you know, tested positive for COVID. Well, now we're starting <laughs> to wonder, well, you know, do we let the players, do we play next game next week? Yeah, um, that's very fair. Like, let's eliminate all, any pot, let's let the players play and try to eliminate anything that could end the season and distract is my yeah. theory. Yeah, and, and as much as I think they're kind of saving hope, it kind of maybe for us fans that want to go to games, like I would obviously love to go to a game if it's safe, um, if I socially distance from people. But if that means putting 
I don't know, the players at risk for not being able to play at all because, you know, outbreak happened at Auburn in a game and they're worried about the, the players now. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just sit on my couch at home and watch these games because TV coverage is so good now. <laughs> it, it is. And I mean, I always talk about from a perfect world. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely let's send fans. I mean, I, you know, I would be crazy to say, no, that's what makes Auburn Auburn, but we're not in a perfect world. And if we're going to try this thing, I'm like, let's eliminate anything that is not necessary. People would argue whether fans or not, but let's eliminate anything not necessary that could end this season. Um, yeah. And I think that even means you probably eliminate some of the people that are on the sidelines that are normally there just kind of, hey, we kind of throw you a bone. Okay, we, we might may or may not need your position on the field. You can come on down anyways, whatever that position might be. So I think you eliminate anybody mm -hmm. that is not necessity. Um, some would argue that's Gus and offensive play calling, but <laughs> <laughs> but Gus will probably be on the sideline. Um, I love you, Gus, if you're listening. But I <laughs> I think that you just get rid of every potential problem. Um, yeah, and if they like, okay, so I'm thinking about from a student standpoint. You're you're a student. You're going to classes, and and I I know this was something that got leaked that I'd sent you, um, I think it was even just a couple of days ago, was right before the SEC made their announcement, there was a, a, a conference with the, with the profile, you know, top profile kind of players. Um, and they, they pretty much voiced their concerns of, hey, we, we, we just want to make sure that we're going to be safe. And I 100% agree with that. I want the players to feel as safe as possible um, with it. And some of that, I was thinking all right, awesome. Like, I'm glad the SEC, NCAA kind of are listening to these kinds of things because you, you want them to feel comfortable. You want their parents to feel comfortable with this. Um, so far, like, Jared, do you think what they're doing, at least in the, let's kind of like narrow down on the SEC. Do you think the SEC is doing a sufficient amount of job uh, to look at and make these feel, players feel like they're comfortable enough to play in a football season if we do have a 10 game season like this mm, depends on the player uh if you're very concerned like my family's concerned i mean we've been very cautious um no for us probably no i don't think they can i think if you're somebody that's on the fence you're like hey i'm pretty okay with playing um you know i think you're probably going to be okay with what they're presenting um, but if you're really concerned i don't think anybody can do enough to make you not concerned and it's your right to be concerned. Um, yeah. And I think that we've both off the podcast here talked about how if you don't feel comfortable playing, you should not be forced to play. You should, in my opinion, should not lose your scholarship and should not lose your eligibility. This should not Absolutely. be something where we're forcing people to play. This is a, hey, if you want to play, we want to give you that outlet to do so. And people on both sides of the fence, but some people are like, should we be doing this? The reality is if we don't do this and there's no money generated, there is a huge fallout for other sports. And number two, we forget these guys work out hard in the off season. Like this is this so this hard. becomes their life. And if it's taken away from them, the ones that are safe feel safe doing it, like that's a big deal. Um yep. so nobody should be forced. I wanna be clear, nobody should be forced to do this. But if we can do it in a safe as possible manner for the people that do feel safe playing, I, I think it's okay to do that. Yeah. And uh, like one of the players that was in the article that I had sent you pretty much was said, 
hey, I, I'm just thinking, even the players thinking, hey, I'm, I tried my best. I go to practices. I go to the classes um, at my university. And at that point, I'm doing all that I can. I'm wearing my mask every time I can um, just for, you know, to be as safe as possible. But what if, you know, that my neighbor in my class, you know, sitting right next to me or a couple of seats down from me went to the bar the night before and got coronavirus and then shared it with me. Like at, at that point, like I, that makes, you know, it's going to happen. Like something's going to happen where as soon as all the students start, start coming back for college, um, as they open up, then it's going to happen. Two and, things. Uh, that question was asked and I don't think Sankey handled it. Well, I think he said something about life happens. I don't think that was a good answer. Number two, I don't know if this is breaking news or not, but I have a friend whose son is starting there in the fall, and he got an email like three days ago. They're going remote. Everything's remote but labs. So yeah. um, if they're going to be remote, I think <clears> – <throat> I don't know how you do this, but I think that gave a path to possibly creating a mini bubble to where the athletes stay on the athletic dorms. And I don't know how you do this, but you almost got to go to these guys and say, listen, you do not have to play this year, okay? No, we won't hold a grudge. We won't take your scholarship, nothing like that. If you want to play – Here's the standards. Otherwise, this season's in jeopardy. And it's going to be where you pretty much are, you all kind of hold yourself accountable to do the right thing and stay within your bubble as much as possible. Because if they don't have to go to class, the the hindrance to that bubble model would have always been, well, we can't treat these any different than any other student on campus. Well, now none of them are having to go to class. So I mean, they're essentially every group, if if it is true that they're going to as many virtual as possible. Like I know my sister, she's a junior at Auburn. Okay. Well, she's got that. a couple like blended classes, but I don't, I, I don't know if that means labs. Like if that means going in one day a week in a large auditorium that you can socially distance or something, but it's still like, it, there's going to be some interaction. I, I, there's going to be, I mean, it's just college students. You're going to have parties. You're going to have bars. You're going to have the hangouts. You're going to have just walking around, it's going to happen. Like, and that's, uh, yeah, I think that's where that's the hard part about where you try to, what you're talking about is that bubble of the student athletes. It is how you do that and not make them feel like, Oh, I I feel like I'm not getting my college experience, which I feel like some students will probably say something like that. Nothing about this is easy. And these people are not getting paid. It's not like the NBA doing it. So it is a very fine line and I don't know the right answer. I think the best shot at having a full season is to best you can. The people who sign up for this process is to kind of put them on campus somewhere and limit the interaction with other people. And that may not be the right thing to do. And you would only do that with people that would agree to it. You're not going to force the, everybody. Um, but I think if you can create that kind of athletic bubble where y'all stay away, um, you know, it's now at least an option because classes are online. So before that, it was not an option. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least they have the option. And and I'm thankful, obviously, because I, you have to remember they are students first. There's a reason it's student athlete. It's their student first, then athletes. Um, I was just and, a student, AJ. How about you? <laughs> I know. I was just a student. Um, <laughs> Nothing was, athletic and, about me. <laughs> I played... Uh, games at the rec centers that made me an yeah, athlete. There you go. No, there you go. <laughs> that, that, uh, yeah, we'll count that. We'll count that. Um, but 
I mean, I do think what you're saying is the safest way to go about it, if at all possible. Um, and if you can get, I'm just thinking about the team and the way Auburn's teams have typically been. And for football, you have essentially like a leadership, usually the upperclassmen of, of the class. Um, and they, they pretty much say, Hey, bro, I saw your Snapchat. Why are you at Skybar? Why are you at doing this? And, and like, you got to have that. You got to act smart. You got to do things right. And if there's that kind of leadership, I think we have a better shot at everybody staying safe, um, especially the big key players. Like, you got to know Bo Nix is going to hunker down as much as possible because he wants to play football. Anthony Schwartz, they both tweeted and said, we just want to play. I don't blame them. You're an athlete that has been training for this your whole life, and it may get ruined because a few players just decide to go and go have a little fun where they might put themselves and others at risk because yeah and i know we got to move on but you know i want to be clear like i'm not telling anybody they they should sign up for this because it's a lot to ask oh Um, yeah i'm just you know if if you're gonna do it there's gonna have to be um there is there's gonna have to be some kind of accountability because if you are not following some guys listen uh, apparently the reason the marlins you know have missed you know, over a week of baseball is, you know, they, I think MLB had kind of generally agreed, here's how people would act. And Marlins didn't do that. And so they were <laughs> in Atlanta and caught, you know, the virus and it spread around. So we are going to, you're going to have to act a little different if you sign up for that process. Yeah. Now, nobody should be judged. Nobody, there should be no grudges. No fans should bash any player that says, I'm not going to play this year. I don't feel comfortable. Let's just get that clear. That should not come out. Regardless of how you feel about the virus, there's just too many unknowns about it. So I don't think anybody yeah. should question anybody. But if you do say I'm going to sign up and play, I think it's probably going to be a little different what you're signing up for than it has been in the past. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I Stricter. think you're right. I mean, I mean, you have to have almost – it kind of reminds me of like a commitment form. Hey, I'm going to commit to doing X, Y, and Z. Hey, I'm not getting paid for this, obviously. But like if you're doing this, you got to do and stay committed to the rules – uh, set before you um uh let's talk about uh, just to end out this a couple of good things that happened for auburn um we got some good commitments um we got a new punter um another punter from down under uh, <laughs> which is always fun we got to figure out a good nickname for him like i had australian aaron as my nickname for him so we got to come up with a name for oscar chapman from australia oscar so, chapman that's a pretty cool name by itself though oscar chapman it's a short, simple, uh, like, man, I got, I'll, I'll think on this. How good is he? I'm going to run this joke into the ground. How good is he at splitting out at wide receiver against Saban? Mm. Is he, uh, I mean, is he going to create he practice fear? a few times, tell him to go stand at that spot on the field. He's got a good shot. I don't know if that's still even legal. I don't know what, what rules Saban got changed, but anyway. Man, it's probably not legal. You can't, <laughs> you can't line up a punter except at, the punting position. Punting position. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay. So a little kind of insider knowledge. I, I talked to a guy this Uh-oh. last week with a guy who lives in Australia. Um, he kind of kept up with Australian, like Aussie rules football kind of had heard of this guy and said he was extremely accurate. So that's a good sign. At least he was accurate in Aussie rules. Hopefully that means he translates well to American football. Yeah. But, I'm just thinking that's pretty cool. Uh, 
Right. I, I agree. He was also blue-shirted. Does that mean... My understanding is that means he's not on scholarship this year, basically will be next year. Is that kind of how that works? Or um, I'm honestly not sure. You just stopped me on that. It, well, uh, it was one of the first blue shirts we've ever done. I know Alabama does a gray shirt. Um, uh, blue shirt, my understanding means you are on the team this year. You don't have to go through walkout process. Like, you're on. We just don't have a scholarship to give you. We will give you one next year, is my understanding of blue shirt. So, anyways, we can look that up later. Yeah, I, would, I honestly hadn't really known that we had did that for him so but that's uh yeah from my understanding i mean we needed somebody and now we got our guy we got our puncher you know the great um, thing about podcasts this isn't live and there's somebody in their car right now who knows i probably just told it inaccurate and they're yelling at the radio <laughs> no that's not Blue it shirt. could be yeah it could be um another couple guys we got a couple of defensive linemen um one of them that was getting recruited by even bigger schools like alabama pretty hard um, a three-star defensive lineman. And then we also got another three-star defensive lineman. Um, they're going to be coming for the 2021 class, but it's always good. I feel like a defensive line to load up at that position. Oh yeah. Um, as much as possible. Um, because as, as we've seen the last couple of years, if you've got a solid de- defensive line, you're going to have a good defense mm-hmm. because they just put pressure, they clog holes, they do their job. Um, so Getting guys like this in um, will be very important for the upcoming Auburn teams. Um, I think that's all that I had. Um, Jared, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess I'll probably ask you since we've kind of just talked a lot about the processes. How, how confident, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you that we finish a ten-game SEC schedule? So you give me like a scale one to ten, like one to one ten game. meaning ten. You're like definitely we finish. Um, um, finishing all ten games is going to be tough. Now, do I think we get a majority of those? I think it's pretty high, but completing all ten, I'm going to give it like a six. Okay, and that's, that's just because uh, I mean it's it may even be lower honestly because I'm thinking okay, say we we have. Ole Miss, our first game, and they're like, hey, we just had 10 guys test neg- uh, positive for coronavirus. We're going to have to cancel or, you know, whatever that is. Um, rescheduling that is going to be tough. I mean, I think this year of any year, we're going to be able to – more flexibility is going to be required of every team mm-hmm. to reschedule. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, yeah. I- I'm still like five or six out of ten. Like, so kind of – I honestly think we're going to get around eight, eight to nine games. I think I, I talked to a buddy and we were talking about the difference in MLB and football. And the one positive for football is, you know, MLB, if players test positive, you know, you're playing games every day, so you're missing games. Football, if a player tests positive Monday or Tuesday, you know, by Thursday or Friday, you know whether anybody else on that team got it from that. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're good to go Saturday or Sunday, NFL or college. So I think it does allow a little more time to figure out, okay, we had three or four players that got it. Did anybody else get it? Boom, Thursday, no more positive tests. We'll keep the other four away from the team. And, you know, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and you don't miss a game. Whereas baseball happens on Monday. You wait till Thursday or Friday, you've missed five games. That's so true. And that's the difference. Um, and, and I know they're trying to space out games as well as they can. So, I mean, we'll see how that actually works. Um, in practice but if that's the case and they do allow some extra time in there and rescheduling hey we're leaving these two bye weeks open 
but they may not actually be bye weeks. We may reschedule for those bye weeks if that makes sense. Um, so your bye week kind of shifts around in the season. I, I could see that kind of happening. And if that's the case, we may be able to get all 10, but I, I'm still kind of leaving it at like 50 50 shot at this point. Well, I'm just hoping for some football and everybody's safety, obviously, but uh, it would be nice to have some cooler weather in the air and have a little football to watch. Mm hmm. Definitely. Um, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, where can the people find you? I can be found on my Facebook and Instagram, and it is just under my name, Jared Davis. And I didn't mean, like, find you, like, creep on you. Like, <laughs> We're that sounded weird. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at A-J-Y-J-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?